another edition of the Paul's Body Engineering Podcast. Today, we bring you episode number 60. 60. I cannot believe I've done 60 podcasts to date. It's amazing. I remember this being a passion project of mine for years and years and years. And it wasn't until the the height of the pandemic when uh, everyone went into lockdown for a period of time that I basically launched it. You know, I put my head together. I did some research on how to actually do this. And it actually turned out to be a lot simpler than I thought. And uh, here we are, 60 episodes later, and I, I've got to thank everyone for um, those that listen, those that support, those that share on the on their social media platforms. It's been really, really uh, humbling because um, all of this is just me chatting away about various things, but it's a great um, platform for me to share content, share education, and just give my opinion on, on various topics in relation to health and fitness, which is what I'm going to do today. So episode number 60. So today I'm going to talk about I'm going to merge two topics into one um, because they're both, they sort of correlate in regards to what they mean or the, or the overall arching, overarching foundation of what they mean. Um, and that is the statement that many people make um, and it's due more to a lack of education, a lack of understanding, that is I eat healthy or it's commonly sort of rephrased, I eat pretty good. Um, I eat pretty healthy, I eat, I eat not too bad, you know, things like that. I'm going to talk about that. And the other one is um, abs are made in the kitchen, that old chestnut as well. So I'm going to cover both of those in today's podcast. But the first one, I eat healthy. Now, what does that mean? Have you ever uttered that phrase? So often when I consult with a new client um, or even if I'm just ge- generally talking to someone um, about health and fitness and they're sort of t- you know, picking my brain, they may not be a client, and they want to know, you know, the, the, how to how to lose weight or how to get in a apostrophe in inverted commas toned, um, you know. And I talk to them, I, I say, well, what's your nutrition like? And they go, oh, I, I eat pretty good, you know, I, I eat healthy. But in my mind, and I don't say this to them because it is a tad disrespectful. In my if they were a client, I would. In my mind, I go, well, what does that actually mean? What does that statement mean to you? You're effectively saying, I eat healthy based on your own understanding of what healthy eating actually is. Now think about that for a moment. Because what does it mean? What does I eat healthy actually mean? What Do you have a quantification for that statement? Do you have justification and, and educational support based on that? It is, it's just such an open-ended statement to make, I eat healthy. Okay, because what is healthy? Okay, I've, I don't utter that statement at the moment. I don't put my head up and say, I eat healthy. I eat in accordance with my goals, but it doesn't necessarily mean I eat healthy because my definition of healthy and someone else's definition of healthy could be completely different. Like to the general population that don't have a good understanding of nutritional um, content, healthy eating would primarily revolve around eating fruit and vegetables, right? So if you follow the, the, the national guidelines on, what is it, two serves of fruit and three serves of veggies every day, where are you getting your fat and your protein from? It's a good question. Think about that for a second. Like A lot of people will base their own understanding of healthy eating around the fact that they need to eat lots of fruit, lots of vegetables, lots of whole grains, um, you know, lots of legumes, and then maybe a piece of protein. Um, so is that healthy? Is that actually healthy eating? In the broad scheme of things, yes. The answer would be yes, because you're eating, um, you know, nutritious, wholesome food. 
but is it in accordance with your goal? So that statement, I eat healthy, has to actually come back to your specific goal. So it's a statement that needs to be related to the individual and their specific goals, okay? So what is your specific goal? If your specific goal is to, and again, I'm gonna do this in, in inverted commas, tone up, which is effectively, you know, improve your physique, develop more muscle, lean down a little bit. Um, well, then you need to understand calories more because you need to actually be in a deficit to a degree to remove some body fat, improve some muscle mass, and change your body composition. But eating, just simply eating healthy from your initial understanding of that probably won't achieve that goal because your the macronutrient balance would be out of whack. Like if you're eating a substantial amount of fruit and vegetables, that's, you know, fruit in particular has a high fructose content, right? So fructose is natural sugar, natural sugar is a carbohydrate. If you're eating too many carbohydrates and not enough protein and fat, your balance is a way out, okay? So it's incredibly important that you understand that statement and you know what it means to you. Don't just say it to someone because you believe you have a good understanding of nutrition or you're too ignorant, and I mean this with all due respect, you're too ignorant or arrogant, actually is probably the better term, to learn. And a lot of males in particular, and, and I used to be this way, are very arrogant in regards to, you know, oh, I know how to train, I know what to eat right, you know, I've, I've read bodybuilding.com, I've watched Pumping Iron, you know, I've, I've, I've learned this, I follow this person on social media. But everything, revolving around health and fitness needs to be customized, okay? It needs to be to the individual because everyone's physiology is completely different. No two people are the same, okay? Your muscle mass is different. Your body fat percentage is different, okay? Your bone density is different. Your energy levels are different. Your brain functionality is different. Your mindset is different. All of this plays a significant role. So when you make the statement, I eat healthy, you need to know what that means. And you need to know what that means in accordance with your goal. So I go back to the point, if your goal is to, again, in, in inverted commas, tone up, well, do you need to be in a deficit? So then do you need to eat healthy in a deficit? Do you know what a deficit is? Do you know how to get into a deficit? And do you know how long you need to be in a deficit for? And then once you're out of a deficit, do you then know how to reverse diet? So all of these principles, apply to that statement I eat healthy so you can't just make that random statement I eat healthy and yet expect results when there's no quantification around that statement there's no value around that statement other than your own interpretation of what healthy eating means so my advice to anyone who has said that before and is not getting results even though they're training the house down in the gym because everyone can train right everyone can turn up and train um, is get advice Suck in your pride and get some advice, okay? If you then say, I don't have time, well, this is a whole other um, a whole other podcast, don't make the excuse of time. Time is not an excuse to be healthy. Time is not an excuse to look after yourself. Time is not an excuse to prioritize your health. And then the other excuse is money. Well, you know what? It doesn't cost a lot to invest in a couple of sessions with a good qualified coach to get some advice, okay? Sacrifice the carton of beer. Sacrifice to take away pizza or you know um, the, 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 the dinner out. Make those sacrifices to improve your health. Your health should be the priority. So those sort of things should be put at the forefront. So when you make that statement, I eat healthy, you will know 
what that means to you. It may be completely different to the next person, but you know what it means to you. And that is incredibly important. So understand, and, and this goes back to education. And I say this in all the podcasts, you know, and it's amazing. Like um, the podcast previous to this one where I did with Jay and, um, and Kerry on the round table about weight loss, we brought up the topic about the fact that people um, and general population people, again, with that lack of education, and it's no fault of their own, um, generally undereat. So if you say you eat healthy, but you're actually under eating in regards to your calorie intake, is that healthy eating? Because you're under eating, you're not eating enough food. So I wouldn't deem that to be healthy eating. I would actually deem that to be non-healthy eating. So you're not supporting what your body needs each day to survive. You know, and let's let's break this down for a second because what do we need to survive? What do we do every day? Okay? You need food is energy, right? Food is energy. Okay? Food is fuel, fuel is energy to to simplify things. And we need energy to eat. We need energy to sleep. We need energy to fidget. We need energy to blink. We need energy to have sex. We need energy to drive a car. We need energy to train. Okay, we need energy to work. So all those things add up to a caloric burn, an energy expenditure. So are you eating enough to do all of that? Like think about that first one I just said, eating. You burn fuel to eat. So you need to eat to eat. I'll say that again, you need to eat to eat. Thermogenesis requires energy. Energy comes from fuel. So are you eating healthy to support all of those functions? The answer is probably no. And more often than not, I come across individuals who come to me for support. And when I do their nutritional profiling, it is surprising to them that they are actually under eating. And then they, they're on the back foot and they kind of go, oh, I don't know about this. This is a lot of food. Well, no, it's not. You've just been under eating for so long, you've gotten used to it. And your metabolism has gotten used to it. And your body has gotten used to it. It's, it's, it's gone into survival mode because you've malnourished yourself. You haven't eaten enough protein, you haven't eaten enough fat, and you haven't eaten enough carbohydrates. You know, so you've got to look at that. And and, and that's the important thing is understanding the macro split. And, and I know this is it can be so overwhelming for people, but you know, and, and it comes from a number of different places. You know, people can not want to learn through arrogance or refuse to learn through ignorance or laziness, or they believe they already know. You know, there's nothing wrong with getting advice. You know, I learned early on that it is so so important to continue to learn and we learn from other people we learn from people around us we learn from experts we learn from consultants we learn from family from friends from you know various sources of information so why not learn about nutrition why not make the statement i eat healthy and actually mean it because you know what it means to you rather than i eat healthy because you have two apples a day and you have spinach with dinner. So I eat healthy, you know, you know some greens and, and some fruit. Apple a day keeps the doctor away, right? Well, no. Two apples a day is effectively, I'm going to run some numbers, probably 50 grams of carbs. So anyone out there that has made that statement but doesn't un- understand nutrition, 50 grams of carbs is a fair whack. That's a fair bit. So that, that could be you know, a third of someone's intake for the day, depending on where they're sitting at the moment. And again, it comes back to customization of nutrition. It needs to suit the individual based on their needs. You know, someone who's an office worker, they work eight to 10 hours in an office, they're seated all day. 
will burn substantially less energy than a tradesman out on site for 12 hours. It'd probably be, you know, a fifth of what the tradesman would burn because he's on the tools, he's walking up and down scaffold, he's walking to and from his ute, he's climbing, he's hammering, he's drilling. He's burning a tremendous amount of energy, whereas the guy or the girl in the office is not doing a hell of a lot apart from typing, making phone calls, etc. So when either of them say, I eat healthy, are they eating healthy in accordance with the energy they're burning off? It's an amazing thing when you actually break it down and understand that eating healthy or saying that statement, eating healthy, I eat healthy, you've got to know what that actually means to you. You know, it's all well and good to eat healthy from a plan. It's all well and good to eat healthy through a challenge. And you know what? When we diet and we're, we're, we're regimented and strict with our diet, it's generally the healthiest we ever eat because we look for voluminous food, low-calorie food, and generally vegetables are the most low-calorie. Leafy greens, the most low-calorie. You know, egg whites, um, rice cakes, oats, they're the most low-calorie. So we eat a lot of them. And they're all wholesome food choices. So it's it's kind of ironic when you diet, you do tend to eat a hell of a lot more healthy because you want to ensure that you're getting as much volume as you can. So next time you hear, or next time you say, I eat healthy, you need to take a step back for a second because generally you say that when you talk to someone, when someone asks you, oh, you know, you've been to the gym, oh yeah, 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 what, what do you eat? What's your nutrition like? You know, they start picking your brain. You go, oh yeah, I eat pretty good. I eat healthy. Again, what does that mean to you? Are you actually eating healthy with accordance to your goals? Are you getting the results that you want? You know, are you losing the weight? Is your composition changing? Is your Are you adapting your metabolism? If the answer is no, or if the answer more likely is I don't know, then get some advice. That is my advice to you. Get some advice. It's not going to kill you. It's not going to cost you a lot. And you might just learn something. Now, the second part of this podcast I want to touch on Abs are made in the kitchen. This is this is a goal one. This is great because we are in a society where we're obsessed with abdominals. Everyone wants a six pack, okay? Everyone wants an eight pack, a ten pack, whatever. And you know, everyone's different in regards to that too. By the way, just as a side note, ten packs, eight packs, six packs—that's genetics, okay? You can't have a six pack and then magically develop two extra packs. It doesn't work like that. You either have them or you don't. It's an abdominal wall, right? It is your abdominal wall. It is a muscle like everything else. Now, the statement abs are made in the kitchen is kind of relevant because the way to showcase your abdominals is to diet. You diet down. Generally speaking, the vast majority of the population um, has a layer of fat over their abdominals. Okay, Everyone's got abdominals. Everyone has a a six-pack, an eight-pack, or a ten-pack. Everyone has them, 100%. Males, females, everyone has them. It's just that we carry a layer of fat over our stomach area and that hides the abdominals. You know, a lot of people can walk around relatively lean and show them off, that's cool. Um, some people have them sitting very far forward in their body, okay? Others are set back in their body, which means they have a thicker layer of fat. And that, again, comes down to genetics. And I'm sorry to say, there's not much you can do about that. You can't move them forward or move them back. Um, and yeah, dieting will showcase them, but how do you build them? How do you develop them into a stronger abdominals? 
you know, I've I've worked with numerous females over the years who said who've come to me and said I need to build my core, I need to develop my core, and a lot of that has come down to childbirth. You know, they've had abdominal separation, their core is quite weak, um, and that's cool. Um, and they say, you know, do I need to do some sit-ups? Do I need to do leg raises? Do I need to do planking? You know, what do I need to do? And my answer to all three of those is no, 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 no. Um, and then I provide myself as an example. Okay, I've been on stage 31 times where I've showcased my abdominals for judging. I'm a bodybuilder, that's what I do. Um, but over the course of the last six years of my bodybuilding career, I have not once trained specifically to develop my abs, meaning I've never done a sit-up, I've never done a plank, I've never done a, a Russian twist, um, leg-ups, um, hanging leg raises, any sort, anything like that I haven't done. Now that may surprise you, yet you know when I'm lean, I've got an APAC, and that's you know fairly evident in the photos that I've got on my social media and stuff. Now this isn't by any means a way to toot my own horn. I just want to use myself as an example. The reason I've got a, a, an APAC during my leaner periods is because I do a lot of compound lifting. Okay. Now what is compound lifting? Well, compound lifting is effectively lifting or doing you know, weight training that uses more than one muscle group. So as an example, your deadlifts, your bench press, your squats, your lunges, your leg press, uh, your um, uh, RDLs, your barbell rows, seated rows, all these things require core engagement. And over the years, I have learned to very effectively engage my core to ensure my body is incredibly tight through those periods. Have a look at all the, you know, the every a lot of people watch the CrossFit Games, right? And you have a look at the, the women and the men that compete at that level. They have massive abdominal walls. They're huge because they have developed them over the years through the, the various exercises they do. Now, yes, they do a lot of sit-ups and stuff like that because that's part of CrossFit. But I guarantee you the majority of the development that has come through the, um, from their abdominals over the years is through their deadlifting, their squatting, their overhead pressing, their clean and pressing, their clean and jerking, all those sorts of big compound movements because I have to brace. And every time you brace under resistance, it's gonna work, it's gonna train harder, which means just like any other style of resistance training, it's gonna get developed. So learn to do all the compound movements technically correct, and this will develop your abdominal area. I say that again, learn to do all the compound movements technically correct. And then people go, well, I don't, I don't want to lift heavy because I don't want to get big. Oh, that's another statement. Males and females will not get massive overnight, particularly females. You know, females have lower testosterone, okay? They unfortunately are the weaker of the two sexes, so they can't lift as much. They will not develop as much. They will not, but they can over time. But that doesn't mean you have to train like a bodybuilder, okay? Weight training has so many benefits, as we know, and I've explored this in many other podcasts. But for, from an abdominal focus perspective, deadlifting, rack deads, RDLs, lunges, leg press, squats, do all these things correctly with proper core engagement and you will develop a strong core. Very, very simple. And it doesn't mean you have to go heavy. It just means you need to go to your capacity. It means you need to push your body, but you don't have to lift ridiculous numbers either. So while abs may be made in the kitchen in regards to dieting, they can be developed in the gym through effective compound weight training. Simple as that. No longer do you need to do a million sit-ups and crunches and Russian twists and all this rubbish. And don't get me wrong, okay? I'm, I, I say rubbish 
but I say that with all due respect. It, it, it's it's okay to do them. You know, I know people do them in boot camps. They do them in functional training, group classes, things like that. It does work them, but there's limited resistance. You know, like any other muscle, in in order to develop it and get it stronger, and obviously tear the fibers and make them grow back in bigger, and you know, go through protein synthesis, all that sort of stuff. You need to work with resistance. Resistance being weight. Okay, weight goes up, you get stronger. Same thing applies to your abdominal wall. If you're doing you know, 100 sit-ups, well, that's all well and good. And if you're a newbie or you know, a fresh to the gym and you're doing lots and lots of sit-ups, well, sure, you're gonna develop some, some, um, some strength over time because it's new and it's fresh, but your body will adapt and it'll be going, hang on a second, I've done this before. I need resistance. I need some, some, some resistance to ensure that I'm working harder. Well, how do you put resistance? You know, it's quite awkward when you're doing sit-ups. You have to in- include a medicine ball or you know, a slam ball or a plate or something. When save the time, save the energy, and do your compounds correctly. And I guarantee you, you will develop your abdominal wall a hell of a lot better. Like at the moment, you know, my um, leg day in particular is very abdominal um, dominant. <laughs> That's a bit of a, a tongue twister. Abdominal dominant. I've got uh, hack squats. I've got um, Bulgarian split squats. I've got RDLs and a few other things. And those three in particular require my core to be on the entire time. I'm feeling my core, my obliques, like it, my core is working almost as hard as my legs are. So that's the sign of good effective training and good technique because you are engaging your core, which means there's no lower back issues. You're not working muscles you shouldn't be. You know, you're getting full training, full um, tightness out of your body to ensure you're braced and you're getting good effective technique, which is so, so important when you weight train and when you want to progress in weight training. Because as I've said in a previous podcast, progression takes many forms and this being one of them, you know, the technical aspect of training needs to be adhered to and improved every single time. So as much as we're fixated and focused and, and um, obsessed in some ways on having a six pack, or having an eight pack or whatever, you need to learn how to do it first. It's not a case that you do a million sit-ups and hope for the best. It's not a case that you diet down and hope for the best. You know, you've got to put it all into perspective and understand the reality of the situation. You know, genetics play a role, okay? If your abdominal wall is sitting back in your body and you've got a thicker layer of fat over you, chances are you're not going to have your six-pack on display unless you get super lean. Whereas other people who have their abdominal wall quite pronounced only need to lose a couple of kilos and then they can see the six-pack. And that's fine. Like We shouldn't judge either of those cases. Okay, That's genetics. That's how they're made. Nothing you can do about it. But you can make them stronger. You can make them more defined. You can make them more developed. Make them thicker, more denser through effective compound training. So I think I've got my point across. I eat healthy, abs are made in the kitchen. I hope this has made sense to everyone. Um, as always, I'm open for questions if anyone would like to DM me or email me directly. Um, if you're interested in any of my coaching services, please jump on my website, paulsbodyengineering.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please share it on your social media stories and tag myself at paulsbodyengineering. Um, as, um, as I've mentioned in previous podcasts, I now have a, a, a small apparel or accessory line. I've got glute bands, uh, figure eight lifting straps, and I've also just introduced a hooded towel for the gym too. Very, very cool with some magnets in it. So you can hang it from a squat rack or you can hood it over a bench. Um, if you'd like to learn more about them or any of the pricing attached to any of those products, please message me or email me. 
But that's it for another podcast. I really appreciate the support. Thank you so much once again. And as I say to every client, every single day, have a great day.